Thanks for joining us for the Tuesday program. we got plenty of basketball coming your way. Highlights of last night's loss for the men's team. First road game of the season at Boston College. They'll be on the road a little bit more as we get through the season here. Also, we've got what made Bulls guard Sidney Harvey the player of the week in the American Athletic Conference. She did more than just hit that shot at the end to beat Stanford. Although, yes, you'll be hearing those highlights. But we'll go back to last week's Oregon win as well, which helped out her case if she had just made the shot against Stanford and didn't score a bunch more points. I don't think Harvey would have been the player of the week, but she was deservedly so. And the Bulls moved up in the rankings. We'll get there as well. We'll also do more kind of overview of what happened in the Bahamas, not just with Stanford, but the national pitcher, because, well, it does impact the Bulls, who are very much in the national pitcher now, getting a load of respect in the last two weeks. In fact, less than a week, really, because the National rankings came out last Tuesday, then again yesterday. They've gone up 10 spots to number 13. We'll run down the entire top 25 and kind of give you the import of that and look forward to this week's game for the first time against Texas Arlington. It does spread out the basketball schedule around Christmas break. We had a bunch of games and a little bit of time, but now we are going to sort of spread things out. In fact, on the channels now, we are going to, with just basketball, As far as play-by-play goes, now there's other sports that will be making news. On this show, you're going to hear me do interviews with coaches and student-athletes from other sports. In fact, one regret I had from our trip to the Bahamas, there were not many regrets, but we had to leave so soon. Actually, we went to Miami last... Wait, my, my days are messed up. We went to Miami two Wednesdays ago to sort of get set to fly out of Miami, and that was the same day I was able to get in my last couple of football pregame interviews with Charlie Weiss and Glenn Spencer, of course, this is before the two-lane game. But also on that Wednesday was the photo shoot day for two sports, so I did not get a chance to interview members of the softball and track and field teams, regrettably. But uh, for whatever reason, baseball got postponed, so there's still a coming-up photo shoot. I'll be able to get some baseball interviews for you. But there's a ton of other teams going on at USF Athletics, and even though they're not in season right now, We'll still cover them for you on the show, but as far as play-by-play, it's just basketball until softball and baseball get it going in the spring. Remember last season, we had volleyball and soccer in the spring, but it's just those two sports now as far as the ones that we do play-by-play on. Now, golf will be playing. Tennis will be playing. I don't think we're ready yet to do those (laughs) games live on the air. That might be a little bit difficult, but obviously it's sports we'll be covering. So with just two sports to give you, what we're going to do on the two channels is on Bulls Unlimited, we'll do classic games along with the live basketball games and on Bulls Unlimited too for a good bit and you won't get tired of hearing them essentially we're going to replay back the best games of 2021 and yeah we'll go back to the beginning of the calendar year so you're going to hear NCAA tournament baseball action again never get tired of hearing what happened with that team and of course all the sports will be on the table anything that happened in the calendar year so start listening for that next week and again it'll be the best of 2021 on Bulls Unlimited 2. Also, just the way the schedule maps out, there will be some live sporting events on Bulls Unlimited 2 because there's still a handful more nights where both basketball teams are playing at the same time. And that's why we have two channels for you. So give you a little variety on Bulls Unlimited 1. Classic, mostly football, but also live play-by-play and on Bulls Unlimited 2, the best of the last year. And yeah, it'll probably include the Stanford game. Before we get to that, We'll get to the Sydney Harvey, Oregon, and Stanford highlight reel here shortly, but let's tell you that the Bulls are ranked 13th in the country by the Associated Press. I was thinking 12th or 13th, 
I know when you beat two top 10 teams, the inclination is to say, well, they should be in the top 10. But, you know, you can't jump over teams that haven't lost yet. The Bulls are 5-2 and two, and obviously getting a lot of respect, as I said. But, you know, they can't jump Tennessee because Tennessee's still undefeated and beat the Bulls. They actually did jump over one undefeated team. That would be Iowa State, which went down to Estero and won the Gulf Coast Showcase. But you look at who they beat. Charlotte, Penn State, and UMass didn't quite have the same clout as the teams that the Bulls have been going up against. So that's probably why the Bulls are now in the number 13 spot. Actually, just 13 points behind Michigan, which again is undefeated. So they nearly jumped a second undefeated team. Actually, the rise from 18 to 13 marked the second highest lift of the week as Texas A&M, which is 7-0, went from 23rd to 17th. So South Carolina is at the top of the poll, and that is unanimous and rightfully so. Then there's actually a tie for second, and I tell you, after getting, and this has been such a privilege to be able to see in person so many of these teams, I agree with NC State being the second-best team in the country tied with UConn. That's about right. Those are the, behind South Carolina, most impressive teams I've seen in person. Stanford actually moved up, get this folks, from seven to four. Yeah, they lost to the Bulls, but remember, first of all, the Bulls jumped five spots last week after losing twice, so not unprecedented. Stanford actually beat Indiana and Maryland, two top five teams at the time, so Stanford's fourth, Baylor's fifth, there's Indiana dropping to six, Arizona still undefeated up to seventh, Maryland went from second to eight, and I can vouch for Maryland. Listen, they've got some scoring prowess, but their defense was nowhere near the level of these other teams, these top teams, at least from what I saw. Iowa actually is only 4-0 and slid down to ninth. Iowa, unfortunately, has had to pause things due to COVID. Louisville rounds out the top 10. Then there's Tennessee at number 11. Again, one of the two teams the Bulls lost to, so their losses are to second-ranked UConn and 11th-ranked Tennessee. Michigan, USF, Iowa State, Texas is 15th. Remember, Texas almost took down Tennessee, or it would be higher. Rounding out the top 20, Kentucky, Texas A&M, tied for 18th, Oregon. That's where they end up falling to, along with undefeated Ohio State. And into the rankings at number 20 is also undefeated Georgia. Last five in the top 25, a pair of 7-0 teams, BYU and FGCU. Then it's Oregon State, Notre Dame, and Florida State which lost twice last week, and I can tell you it was curious to see why the Knolls were ranked. They really hadn't beaten anybody, and then they lost two, so they really plummeted. And just outside of the top 25 after losing is a team that the Bulls, don't forget, will be playing in a couple of weeks in West Palm. If you can make it to that event, yeah, try to, because that is going to be a couple of good games against quality opposition in West Virginia, specifically in that case. Just fell out of the rankings. So Bulls number 13, and now have that target around their name starting this week against Texas Arlington. We'll look more forward to that later on in the week. It's on Thursday night. But Sydney Harvey, the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week, and it wasn't just for her last second shot, which don't worry, you'll be hearing again. But let's start off with the Oregon game because that was the first one that the Bulls needed in the Bahamas. Their first two games, again, they had defeated Syracuse, which ended up last in that eight-team event, the only team that went 0-3. Then it was UConn. Hung around for a while, and again lost by seven in that one. That was a big eye-opener for the closeness of the margin. Almost like Cincinnati's football team, you know, punching in a touchdown at the end. I didn't mind when Betty Menunga made a baseline jumper at the end because I don't know if about you, but 60-53 to 53 sounds better than 60-51. to 51. And then Oregon, they had issues in that game, but Sidney Harvey got them going and 
kept them around. Here are the first half highlights of what Sydney did against the Oregon Ducks going back to last Monday. And the Bulls are on the board for the first time. Took them 2.15 to get there. It's 4-2. Shear, Janicki picks up on her. Shear spelled S-C-H-E-R-R, gets the handoff back. Now wants to drive on Leverett, cuts off the baseline this time, and she throws it right to Sydney Harvey. Bulls break two on one. Harvey has pins on to her right, takes it herself, thought she was fouled, she was. To go to the free throw line, that was Hurst, hacking her on the arm. Harvey makes them both, and the Bulls are back tied in this one after a little bit of a rough start. Of course, Harvey right behind Shinecki, 14 leading scoring on her. Bulls still down 10 to four. There's another turnover for Oregon. Harvey spots Penzon up ahead, goes up and sinks the layup, 10 to six. Nice spot there by Harvey. I'll keep mentioning the unbelievable assist to turnover stat that Oregon brags, boasts coming into this one to see if they continue turning it over. It's kind of amazing so far. Coming out of the timeout, they go to the free throw line. Chinecki immediate pass off to Sidney Harvey. That was a called play. We said the Bulls can get the three point shots going. Elena Chinecki flashes to the free throw line, fakes the drive. Gets it over to Sidney Harvey, who has been masterful from three-point land this year. Oregon has three threes from one source, Hurst, and one from Shear, and another turnover. Pins on over to Harvey. It's going straight up and straight down. That's a big-time pass by Pinzon, and Sidney Harvey has her second make from three. And the Bulls back to within two, 18 to 16. The Ducks have turned it over nine times tied at 18. It's been that way for quite a bit here. Back on that Dulce layup, that came at the 8.33 mark. Chrissy hands it off to Maria. Screen from Shea, almost a moving screen. Maria gets Harvey popping. That's going up. Good looking shot and knocks it down. Sydney Harvey breaks the drought for both teams. And the Bulls have their first lead of the day at 21 to 18. 45 on the game clock, 15 on the shot. Maybe Bulls go two for one here if they can get something off. Pins on. Tries to whip it inside to Harvey. Baseline jumper doesn't look bad from here, and she knocks it down, 29-25. There's going to be a two-second shot clock and game clock difference. 14 points in the first half, a couple of those threes that started off the second quarter after the Bulls had trailed by five, exiting the first, and then you heard the jump shot at the end that allowed the Bulls to maintain the lead at 29-27. Then they got it going in the third quarter. Harvey had a three to give them their biggest lead. Bricks off the front rim, and now the Bulls looking to run up seven. Trying to beat the taller Ducks down the floor while they're still waddling. Rip it across to Pinzon. Good defense by Hurst. Tries to dribble around the trees. Out to Harvey for an open three. Good! Sydney Harvey with her fourth made three of the day. And the Bulls have their largest lead looking great here in the third place game of the battle for Atlantis. Oregon calls timeout. And the lead would keep on a-growing. The Bulls would go up by 17. And we kind of played the whole thing out last week and how... It didn't exactly get closed down by the Bulls. However, just as it got way too interesting, who was the person that calmed things down, namely at the free throw line? That would be Sidney Harvey. Here's how the end of the game, or at least her portion of the end of the game, which locked it up originally, went. Can't foul here if you're the Bulls. She lets it roll to her. Harvey tries to pick her up. They're going to go to the baseline and miss, but foul and layup and one. Prince. And now it is a five-point game with 47 seconds left. Shear tried to get the quick two, terrible shot, but Sedona Prince flew in for the rebound, got fouled, and now what would be an absolute disaster if it continues to unfold is happening right before our eyes. Does Oregon foul on purpose on the other end? They can cut it to four here. It's a big free throw and a big rebound. If she misses, she makes it. 
47 seconds left. And the Bulls will call another timeout and advance the ball. To repeat myself earlier, not like they've made a bunch of threes here. I said the only way Oregon was going to get back in this game was with threes. They've only made one as part of this incredible now 14 to 1 run. And Bermejo has to get it in bounce. He does to Sidney Harvey. And that's another subtle thing of this mini collapse for the Bulls is that Betty Manunga fouled out. Now she was part of it with the Fouls underneath that have helped out Oregon. And this is smart. If you're, if you're the Ducks, Kelly Graves, why not foul them now? They're feeling the pressure. There's no doubt about this. Sidney Harvey at the free throw line. Up four, 45 seconds. Takes an extra dribble. Makes it. That's a big shot. She was just four, six at the line. But yeah, if you're Oregon now with 45 seconds left, you've got to be thinking three for two or maybe three for one if they miss one. All the Bulls are back on defense. Second free throw rims in. That's big, 61-55. They still haven't made a field goal in their last 425. I don't think they're going to have another chance at a field goal. Sheer. Do they go for a quick two bounce pass to Prince? And stolen by Shea Leverett. That's enormous right there. Prince just put her head down. Shea Leverett sticks her hands in and gets a great steal. And better yet, gives it up to Sidney Harvey so she can go back to the free throw line. 24 turnovers committed by the Ducks. And I am, I gotta say, a little bit surprised, not a little bit, a lot surprised that they have been going for twos. They've actually only attempted six shots, so they've managed this run of 14 to one until just now with just four field goals. And a lot at the line, and Sidney Harvey is answering right back at the right time. 62 to 55, she makes her first, Sidney on 20 points. 21 make it. How about make it 22? Yes. Four clutch free throws by Sidney Harvey. Things look a lot better with 38 seconds left to go at 63 to 55. Oregon went down and hit a three, but then Elisa Pinzon would hit the last eight. So you had 12 free throws in the last 45 seconds. And I got to correct myself, later found out from Elisa herself. Here's what I said on the last free throw on the air. If she can make it 12 in a row. <laughs> Pinzon just said, it's me. 12 in a row, all in the last 45 seconds. You want to know what she actually said? And if you go back and watch the highlight on ESPN+, Plus, you can see Jose Fernandez kind of smile and turn to his bench. She didn't say, it's me. She said, easy peasy. <laughs> She's from Italy. There were four ducks in the lane, no balls, and she's sitting there saying that after making eight free throws in a row. You kind of got to like having her as your point guard. Of course, she was enormous in that game with the career-high 26 points. Probably should have been on the weekly honor roll, but hey, Sidney Harvey was player of the week. Now, it didn't just come down to the end. That three-point shot to beat Stanford with that performance against Oregon would have been enough, but she did some things in the first half against the Cardinal as well as the Bulls jumped ahead. Harvey pops open, great screen for a three, knocks it down. Sidney Harvey makes it 20 to 11. So the Bulls will exchange layups to Cameron Brink for threes all day long. Dulcie out there with two fouls, as opposed to Shea Leverett, who has three. And Sidney Harvey, and of course, pins on and Chinecki. Mananga on the corner, out to Harvey for a wide open three. You gotta make these, and it's good! Sidney Harvey strains it, great pass. 31-19, Harvey. The first on the Bulls to get to 10 points, so a good start for USF and another turnover for Stanford, which has had issues lately with that category. First chance for Stanford to get the lead under 
the half dozen point in a while. They want to go to Brink, sets a screen instead for jump, and she knocks it down. Anna Jump is outstanding. Her first basket, but she's going to keep shooting. She's the player who led them in scoring four times last year, and she's cut it down to four. It's 37-33. Bulls need to get a cleaner offensive possession. Need to get somebody open for a three, in my opinion. Mananga over to Pinzon. Haley Jones on her. It's a tough matchup for the Bulls. Fighting through screens to Sydney Harvey. Puts her head down. Puts it over jump, and that's a great shot by Sydney Harvey. A pump fake, but she wasn't quite clear, and that was not an easy 15-footer. Bulls back up 39-33, to 33, less than two minutes to go third quarter. So those were big, but of course, as we know, and if you want to hear the entire game, of course, we're replaying it plenty still. We won't stop replaying that game anytime soon. If you go to the Unlimited Unloaded page, that's, of course, SoundCloud, where we post the shows, we can sometimes, on that page, put extended versions of the show. So we have the entire last two minutes, basically, which is something that took 13 minutes to unfold. But let's just fast forward right to the end. After Stanford had taken the lead with the three, Bulls miss on the other end. Cardinal go one of two at the free throw line. And as we found out later, and I should have said this on the air at the time, I wanted them to shoot a three, but I wasn't even thinking about the plane we had to catch. No need to go overtime, right? Call was all the time for Sydney Harvey. She delivered, in that case, one of the biggest shots in USF regular season history. 9.2 seconds left. Got to anticipate a miss here. Worst case, you're down by two. Get the rebound if there's a miss. That one's good. So the Bulls can advance the ball, and that's big. 54-52. What do you go for here? I say a winning three. That's what I vote for. Let's reset some of the numbers. Bulls. Elena Chinecki, 7 of 20 for the floor, just tried to go ahead shot. Missed it, had it blocked, I should accurately say, 14 points. Sydney Harvey, who surpassed 1,000 for her career, needed eight to do that, has 12 points. Been a while since she's chucked up a three. Elisa Pinzon, nine points, all on threes, six assists. She has turned it over three times here in the quarter. Dulcie out there as well with eight points. Betty Menunga, six points, 23 rebounds. Brink with 23 and 11 now for Stanford. Brooke Dimitri just made that first free throw with 14 points. So here we go. Bulls down two. 9.2 seconds left. Betty Manunga will inbounds the ball. Gets it over to Chinecki. Fakes the three. Lacey Hole out on her. Harvey with six. Long three. Good! With 2.8 to go! Sydney Harvey with an incredible shot. She didn't really have time to set herself. She just chucked and hoped. And it's swished in, and the Bulls have a 55-54 lead. And voila, there is your American Athletic Conference Player of the Week. She's not the only one getting stuff done, obviously. We've talked a lot about Dulce Fink and Mengiadu's performance in those last two games. Those should be underscored because she has not only gotten her offense going, but she is a legitimate offensive weapon and choice now. We love Shea Leverett, but you don't run plays for Shea. She gets her value from defense. She'll get some putback opportunities, but Dulce is somebody different at center that can really be somebody you feed inside the post. She did not slink against two teams that are very much interior-based with Oregon and Stanford. I thought that was a big deal. And the Bulls have other players who, frankly, haven't gotten it going yet. I think of Maria Alvarez, who struggled from three, so they can get better, and they'll try on Thursday against Texas Arlington. And by the way, I never finished this thought yesterday talking about how Stanford, of course, their legendary head coach, Tara Vanderveer, all-time leader in wins, almost subbed too much in the first half, like it was an audition. We have so much talent. We have five-star players on the bench. If someone's not playing well, we'll throw somebody else in. 
and they ended up with 13 players in that first half. Well, that was down to eight total in the second half. And then the next day against Maryland, it's like she learned something from the loss to USF because in the first half, three of their players went the full 20 minutes and two more went 15. So yeah, maybe the loss to the Bulls taught Stanford something. How funny is that? And the Bulls hope to keep it going Thursday against Texas Arlington. We'll wrap things up with a recap of last night's men's basketball loss to Boston College. You'll hear some highlights and Brian Gregory when we come back. Stay tuned. This is Bulls Beat.